You're listening to Just Asking, where we discuss the subject that everyone wants to talk about without really knowing how to talk about it. Why do we human beings, who are obviously so sexual, have such a difficult time talking about managing this intimate part of our lives? We talk about managing our money, we manage our careers, our diets, and even our stock portfolios. Yet when it comes right down to it, we really don't know how to talk about managing our sexuality. And certainly, we don't know how to talk about doing it intelligently. So that's exactly what we talk about on this show. Welcome to Just Asking, a safe place where we talk about human sexuality. I'm Stephen Ng, and in my decades of working with people who have sexual problems, I've learned that we can all manage our sexuality better, more intelligently. You know, Jackie, I, I want to say, uh, besides saying hi. Hi. <laughs> I want to talk to you about what I've been hearing from some people who've been listening to these podcasts. Um, I actually had a client say, I went to listen to your podcast, and I really wanted to hear your voice. I wanted to hear you talk about some mental health issues I could get a handle on. And everything was about sex. And I did not want to listen to sex. So I didn't listen to anything. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's very interesting. Did she actually listen to one? Or did did she just... (laughs) She did not listen to one. Because I, um, they're not all about sex. I mean, when you think about a podcast being about sex, it would be about the physical act of sex, right? Intercourse. Intercourse, yeah. which is not what we're talking about. No, no. Well, not yet. Maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, you know, maybe someday, but I, I I, have a hard time imagining us talking about that because I'm sort of thinking, why would we bother? I mean, it's, it's mostly an in and out in a well-lubricated canal. Like who doesn't know and, how to do that? And it, yeah, even kids figure out how to do that. So it's, it's not something that requires a lot of talking, but human sexuality... Hugely our, complicated. It, very complicated, especially, well, I don't know that it's so complicated, but certainly our failure to be able to talk about it makes it seem really problematic. And for me, it's not so much about talking about sex as it is talking about managing our sexuality intelligently. But even that, once I say the word sexuality, it starts with the word sex. Well, and that creates all kinds of discomfort. So how would you define the difference between sex and sexuality? Well, we've already talked about sex being intercourse and sexuality for me includes things like uh, my gender, uh, gender equality, uh, notions of gender politics. It includes sexual orientation, whether I'm gay or straight or bisexual or other. And it also would include Um, all of the sexual issues that come up in our newspapers uh, beyond that, uh, including sexual scandals, and which again is another iteration of our failure to manage sexuality intelligently. So when the U.S. military loses yet another general to a sexual scandal, uh, yeah, it's it's a tragedy in that man's life and in his wife's life, but it's also a loss for the country because we're losing all of his expertise and all of his institutional memory. So there's there's big problems there. And then in business, we're talking about not millions, but billions of dollars lost in 
sexual harassment suits and all the rest. Our sports teams have their own sexual issues that come up. So really it's, and then of course, it's our kids because our, you, our kids, if you have kids, you want your kids to grow up to be healthy and happy and successful. And the sex thing is that is the conversation that most parents don't want to have. But managing sexuality intelligently is the conversation parents can't have well, because nobody's explained it to them. Well, and even, um, and I think I've told you this before, one of the best scenes talking to your kids about sex was on Glee, where the um, very blue-collar man was talking to his son who had come out. And he said to him, I'm not going to talk to you about the mechanics of it because I don't understand how that works. But let's talk about your feelings and let's talk about respect and let's talk about emotions and all the things. And I'm like, that's... Yeah, right. and that was that was an amazing and totally unexpected scene and obviously out, more out of the mind of a Hollywood writer than Real life. a typical blue-collar worker, right? But, but, but it came out, it was authentic because it came out as being consistent with the father's love for his child. Well, and one thing it did for me, I mean, I've talked to my kids about um, all of these things for a really long time. But watching that scene gave me kind of permission that, oh, I don't have to talk about the mechanics, right? And the mechanics are the parts that's awkward. When you talk about why people don't want to talk about sex, it's because, or or when people think that some form of sexuality is wrong, it's because of the mechanics. Yeah, yeah. I think think that um, that's what really creeps people out. I know when, because of my own openness of talking about sexuality, Again, as soon as I say the word sexuality and it starts with the word sex, um, people bring their baggage intellectually into that conversation as they're listening to me. And they presume, well, of course, he is uh, promiscuous. Well, of course, he believes in open marriages and wife swapping. Oh, of course, he's a liberal. He must be a liberal or he wouldn't be talking about sexuality. And none of those are really true. Well, the liberal part. <laughs> I'm kind of liberal. Yeah, I am kind of liberal. But but I'm conservative enough to know that we waste millions and millions of dollars in law enforcement uh, in terms of the way we manage sex offenders. And it's because not because of the sex offenders and the crimes so much as it is our discomfort with sexual issues. So sexuality is this vast, vast topic. And it goes to... Uh, and it has to include why I pick the mates I pick, why my marriage fails. And, it, and that's not just about the bedroom. It's about role expectations, what I thought a wife was supposed to do, what she was thinking a husband was supposed to be like. So all of that is sexuality when you think about it. Well, and even on, on the subject of equality, because when, when you talk to somebody who, say, is anti-homosexual um, rights, or you know, however they want to say it, um, and they say, well, because the sex is icky, right? They don't want to think about two guys having sex. Well, I don't want to think about really anybody else having (laughs) sex. But that doesn't give me the right to say, because I think that your sex is icky, you shouldn't be allowed to get married and and have equality in the workplace and have be able to serve in the military and whatever else, right? Because it's... Well, yeah, that's an interesting leap, isn't it? To say, I think your sex is icky and the God I worship... Uh, the almighty Thor or whatever, <laughs> he thinks that your sex is icky too and therefore you shouldn't be allowed to adopt children or you shouldn't be allowed to get married or to serve in the military or to 
to uh, and and you shouldn't be allowed to have the same civil rights that every other American has because right. of your sexual tastes, because of who you love. Right. And that the problem there for me isn't that somebody believes that, but that there's there can't be an intelligent discussion around that. You know, let's take something that's I hear all the time because I do a lot of group therapy and especially group therapy with men. And invariably, when the topic of homosexuality comes up, some individual man will say, well, I just don't agree with that lifestyle choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Stephen Colbert who's, who brought up the issue of um, heterosexuals waking up in the morning and thinking about their own sexual orientation as a choice, like Paul Ryan in Washington, D.C., thinking, well, I think maybe today I'll be... Hmm. Okay, heterosexual again. I mean, I know it's been 20 years, but I think I'm going to be heterosexual again. But it's every day, it's a choice. And for me, it's so obvious that our bodies are screaming to us that it's not a choice. And then the, the, the discussion has to be, because every time I've confronted a man, no matter how religious he is about that, the question, does your body tell you that it is a choice for you? Oh, no. Well, then, maybe that comment you made about it being a lifestyle choice doesn't make any sense then, does it? And then that that creates a stir. And then there's the, that secondary problem or tertiary problem with, well, then maybe what my religion has been telling me doesn't make sense either. Oh, and then that's a whole... Yes, and then that's a whole other conversation because... Religion is, no matter what religion I subscribe to, if I subscribe to one, uh, its claim to fame or its claim to a place in my life is that it makes my life better to follow that path. And it makes my life better to follow that path, not because I become sinless and perfect, but because I have direction and guidance. But what if, you know, like, like in the phrase, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path. But what if it's really not functioning as a guide and a lamp? And it's really more like a lamppost for a drunk, not so much for illumination as it is for support. So, you know, I get to quote my Bible at you and so I can argue with you, but it's really not something that's illuminating uh, my path. And I don't think that that, that, that split between modern liberal sexual politics and religion is a necessary one um, because it's mostly not a very thoughtful one. And so how do we get to thoughtful? Well, the way humans have done it for thousands of years is by talking it through right. and having our ideas challenged, not so much um, given the amen in the echo chamber of our local uh, or our national news choice or my Twitter, my Twitter feed or my Yahoo news feed, but in the discussion with people who are intelligent and able to make an intelligent argument for something I don't really agree with. And that's, that's I think, where we get smarter and we get better. And that's what's not happening. So when we talk, I understand how we got here. You know, uh, my grandparents, they were, they went through not only the depression, so did my mom, but they went through World War One, 
and the whole Dust Bowl experience. And for them, uh, they, they've been kind of busy, you know, uh, along with the generations immediately preceding them, conquering a continent, crossing the, the prairie, building the transcontinental railroad, all that kind of stuff. People were busy up into in, recent generations with the business of surviving. And I, I've got pictures of my mom standing barefoot in the dirt, holding her kid brother on her hip with a mule in the background and a sod house. And it's it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have the luxury of having a discussion about universal human rights or how or how you should you're supposed to feel it's like feelings are kind of a waste of time right right we don't have time to feel we don't have time to talk about your feelings yeah until recently it we, you know we got married because it was it was a partnership financially and it made sense in, as in terms of like bearing children and raising them the idea of getting divorced because you're not happy that wasn't something that came along until Gosh, I mean, it wasn't widespread until the 60s. And and now we've got to the point where we're divorcing because, well, we're not happy enough. Well, so. and, and that's a whole nother thing. But because um, women's equality, basically when women don't have to stay married to somebody because they're, they can't afford to leave. I think that that makes it better for everyone, including the man. Like, why would you want a woman to stay with you because you can't afford to leave? Right. You know, right. Right. So, and, and, and for the man, in terms of male sexuality and, and my own fantasy fulfillment, uh, the idea would be I'd want to be with a woman who's really crazy about me, not because she's staying with me out of her, her financial neediness. And, you know, this, this, this brings up another whole issue is women's rights and men's rights. And do they have to be, usually it's with the, with the word versus in between them. And, and really, do we live in a universe where what is right and good for you is somehow contrary to my interests or vice versa? And having these conversations gets us there. So that's what, you know, the idea that people think I talk about sex too much, the generations before us didn't talk about it nearly enough and quite understandably. And that's why people, children would get molested or women would get raped and nobody would talk about it and nobody would report it. Or gay people would stay in the closet forever. Yeah. And, unhappy. And trans people didn't even have words to describe their right. experience. Or, you know, why suicide rates or... Yeah, and exploitation of the poor by the rich sexually was certainly... Or by the powerful of those who were lacking in power was just part of life. It was like... Uh, it, for those who are older like myself, it's like remembering back to the days when drunks used to run people over on the street and people would just say, wow, that is so sad. Well, you know, he couldn't help it. He was drunk. And and we've evolved to a place where we believe, no, you're responsible for getting drunk and you're responsible for everything you do while you're drunk. Right. And now we send those people to prison, whereas before uh, it was just a sh crying shame because it was such a terrible, tragic accident. So when we talk about sexuality, if we're serious about managing sexuality intelligently, then we're going to have to talk about it. And that's the kind of conversation I think everybody wants to have ultimately and every parent wants to have with their child, or at least they want somebody to have with their child. Well, I think we'd prefer it be us, right, than <laughs> some guy on the street. Well, I, yeah, ideally, <laughs> somebody who doesn't have an axe to grind or who's not trying to get an advantage over our child. But... You know, these kind of conversations, 
uh, I think we're, we're afraid of two extremes. On the one hand, we're, we're afraid the conversation is going to get incredibly vulgar and involve uh, somebody getting shot in the eye with a body fluid. And on the other extreme, we're afraid that there's going to be some real serious Bible pounding and somebody's going to start preaching at us. And then there's a conversation in the middle for the rest of us, I think for the vast overwhelming majority of Americans who want to talk about sexuality in a way that's neither hyper-religious nor hyper-vulgar uh, or, or like a shock jock on a radio, but just to be able to have a conversation that makes sense. So we've talked about a lot of things, um, and obviously we have a lot more things to talk about. Um, so when you oh, yeah. <laughs> when you say uh, we're talking about sexuality, I want to kind of bring us back around to from what you said at the beginning. We're going to be having conversations about sexuality on this podcast. What kind of issues can people expect to hear? Like what kind of things can they expect to hear us talk about? They've heard us talk about everything from sports to politics to business news. You know, it's funny. We've got in this country, I don't know how many weather channels uh, on cable TV that are all weather all day. And then you add the business news, again, multiple channels. And we haven't even got to ESPN and sports. But when it comes to sex in the news and sexuality in the news, we, we tend to treat those stories as isolated stories that exist in a world apart from all the other sexual stories. So we don't see the similarity between the teacher who gets arrested for having downloaded child pornography and the general who got arrested for committing adultery and, and is subject to a, a court-martial who, who is similar to the pastor who is gay and, and was just outed by his masseuse or masseur in this case. And and then what about the politician who got caught uh, doing something that he shouldn't have in a bathroom at an airport? You know, it's it's all of these stories have in common a theme, and the theme is the failure to manage our sexuality intelligently. And even back to just our, our normal lives. If we're not a general or a sports star, we're a parent who doesn't want to talk to their daughter about sex and then the daughter ends up getting pregnant because she she hasn't had that conversation and she doesn't know. I mean, this affects every aspect of our lives. In, oh, yeah. In and, some and, ways. And forget about our kids. Who cares about them? What about us? <laughs> right. Right. So uh, the single person who's trying to figure out how not to repeat the mistakes he's made in the past with picking out mates, because I, I, I talk to men and women who are so angry at the other gender and they blame the other gender for being so defective and then the first step in therapy right is to get them to see that well it's actually not the entire other half of the human race it's you you're the one thing all of the mates you've selected have in common they were all picked by you what is that quote everywhere i go there i am yes so <laughs> if if it's about how i get a family started it's about how I'm going to be uh, letting my family develop uh, as, as my relationship with my significant other grows, um, being able to talk. You know, the big question that Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey, the sex researcher from the 50s, found was that everybody wanted to ask him at the end of the interview, am I normal? And, and 
we know what the normal rate of, um, of vitamin A is that we need to take into our bodies for good health. And we know how many hours of sleep we should all have. We know even how many glasses of water we should drink in a day. And we know we should all work out and just about how much we should work out to optimize our health. But when we talk about our sexual needs, we really don't know what they are and we don't know what is normal. I was talking to someone today who had a, he's a happily married man, loves his wife a lot. And he was having a sexual fantasy about another woman while having sex with his wife. And this question, is that normal? Am I, is that something I need to be worried about? And, and of course the answer is interesting, especially for him because, um, he's been dealing with a lot of anxiety about this. He's, he's terrified about this and his natural response would be, well, maybe I should just repress this. I shouldn't think this way, which is the surefire way to make sure you think about nothing else, right? The more I repress it, the more it's going to have a life of its own because that which is repressed will be expressed inappropriately. So if, if I'm going to manage my sexuality intelligently, I need to know what my needs are. I need to know what normal is. And, oh, and there is a normal. I have all of these clients who say, well, who's to say what's normal? Well, I am. This is Stephen <laughs> Ng. <laughs> and you get to decide what's normal. <laughs> and I'll, you know what? We should do uh, have a little conversation about that. Like, what is normal sexually? And how can one know what is normal? Because there is an answer that really makes sense. It isn't just some authority figure up in a high bench with a black robe who says what is normal. So, Stephen... Um... A lot of what we talk about in here comes from our conversations and our research and what's going on in the world. But obviously, the people who are listening, they have questions of their own, right? So so how do we, is it okay for them to submit their questions for us to talk about? Yeah, everyone has a question, can submit a question via Steve, on Twitter at StephenIngMFT. And we'll be talking uh, sometime soon about what is normal and how can you find out if the person you're with is normal and maybe more importantly, whether or not you are normal. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you, Stephen. This was fun. Yeah, it was. This has been a production by Ing Intellectual in cooperation with Estepona Group. Interview by Jackie Shelton. Music produced by Octophonics. Editing by Lucas Bacchelli. To listen to more episodes, visit stephening.com.